double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill. It's double bill. Welcome back to Double Bill. This is a nugget. I'm Joshua Humphrey. I'm Mikey Postel. And I'm creepy Brian Watson Jones. Do we not do nicknames for nuggets? I, I flew into this all wrong. It's all short. It's all, all condensed. And uh, I'm, I'm BWJ. Boom. I just remember real quick listening and re-listening to some of our older podcasts. And we were very, like I said, we were very formal. And we didn't do the nickname things until like probably about five or six podcasts in. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think we waited a little while. We did. We did. Um, well, it's important to wait. You know, when the, when the time is right. Right. So what was this, uh, the nougat? This was uh, nougat. Radiohead's Creep. Ted Nugent. Radiohead's Creep. And uh, the Steven Universe theme song, which is all of 22 seconds, unless you go and look for the longer version, which is out there. <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. Because, the you, you know, a lot of those cartoon shows, though, had the shorter, like, theme song, but they also had a longer one. Well, that usually Like, DuckTales had, like, a huge, like, a really long theme song, actually. If you go and, like, look on the internet, there's a huge, there's one with more lyrics than you remember there being. And, they and play, it's well, they more accurate than Nostradamus, the way Donald Duck comics could... DuckTales predicted a lot of things. Yeah. 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 The, yeah uh, the they play... They play at the. They usually play over the end credits, which take longer than the opening narration or whatever. Yeah. So they have that audio. They might not. Yeah. They might not have the lyrics on it. But did they ever make a Ducktales movie? Because they might have used it for that sort of. They thing did too. make a Ducktales. I think yeah. they had a genie. They're uh, oh, they're well redoing. Then. They're redoing the Ducktales. I think they said they're coming back. Finally. For yeah. Were it's, you waiting? So sarcastic. No, I'm. I don't give a shit. I'm not invested. I was more of a gummy bears guy. I sing it to a friend of mine who. We just the theme song of the Gummy Bears was fantastic. So oh. literally yesterday, I was on Facebook and Melissa Karcher said, "You know what? The Steven Universe theme song sounds a little bit close to Creep." And I was like, "That sounds like a good double bill. I'm going to use that." And this is what I presented to both of you. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't completely sold on it, having listened to both of them beforehand. But I, I felt, in terms of at least tonally, I felt like it was co- sort of on the same. Yeah, plane. the, the stroke. It was. They both had that sort of na 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 na. That hard, 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 soft, soft sort of a feel to the lyrics. Oh, I, I, <laughs> uh, I'd go backwards on that. I would say it was like. We're singing softly, 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 and then we're going to sing the chorus back to being soft and emo because creep. Uh, yeah, really... creep, creep starts small and then builds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This starts a little stronger and then kind of dims out a little bit before getting strong again. Yeah. But the, you can definitely, if you uh, if you go online and, and watch the creep video and sit through it, I dare you, <laughs> that fucking song. But the but the cartoon, it's like if you watch them back to back, it's not just evidence like, oh, well, this was deliberate. And it, it I like the conversation that happened uh, with the Bally lot of us and your roommates, which was um, what the hell Steven Universe was. Well, what the hell? <laughs> that was my question because you guys, you guys get a lot more cartoon time. Yeah. But my my thing was I like, didn't have that question because I didn't care. The adult, the adult level of 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 investment in these series, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The the Cartoon Network series where they get plum dirty, except mm-hmm. uh, they're written and they're presented in such a way that they're palatable for the the sub ten year old set, you know. So if I was like say nine year old Mikey. And watching this, I probably wouldn't make the connection that this sounds an awful lot like creep, right? Mm-hmm. But a parent who graduated from high school in 1992 
and then now they're like having their own kids at home, they're probably like, oh my God, hey, honey, doesn't it sound like Radiohead? And I think that's kind of an interesting thing to compare because that is exactly. Well, and you were talking too about how much it sounded like Smells Like Teen Spirit or Nirvana. Oh, that was Ryan. Yeah, the video was just very similar to this Smells Like Teen Spirit video where it's a bunch of sad slow guys are playing sort of a hard song in front of a bunch of teenagers that are whipping their hair. But that was the time. Yeah, admittedly, these are not the only two videos that... Probably did the depths of that well. Well, 90, because Smells Like Teen Spirit came out in 91. That was like their big, Nevermind was their big breakthrough, right? Well, it's just Creep. I know the song Creep really well because I'm a human being who was born in the 80s. Um, And I've never seen the video before because I never had to. Like, I I didn't have MTV when I was a kid, so I learned, I got the song from other places. And then I didn't look for the video because I'd heard the song a thousand times. I didn't Mm. have to. I wonder what they did in the video. Oh, they played the song. Yeah, that's it. Brian Watson. Brian Watson Jones was raised in a shack in old West Virginia. Regular Virginia, thank you. We no. make fun of West Virginia. <laughs> the way, the way Minnesota like makes fun of time. Iowa or Wisconsin, depending on what day it is. Well, the way Wisconsin makes fun of Illinois. Anyway, uh, I think in terms of yeah, good man. This it was, was just a, like quick and dirty. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 As opposed to how we dissected Lady Marmalade in the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, if the creep guys have been wearing the Lady Marmalade costumes, I think that would have been interesting. I would have seen that video a lot more growing up. Yeah, you know, like, and also understanding noticeable drug habits is something else you kind of notice. And these guys, I believe, they're not straight edge by any means, because the, the, at one point, the, the rhythm guitarist looked like he was about to fall into his own shoes. Because you're just like, oh, they're all playing, you know, it's a concert video. And the guy's looking down with his his flash dance crop top t-shirt, long sleeve black demo t-shirt with his Katie Lang hair. And he's like, and I was like, whoop, 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 there he goes. Hope one of them pulls him back. Mm-hmm. And the lead singer, who looks like Ed Sheeran, like an anorexic Ed Sheeran, was up there and like singing with his eyes closed all soulfully for this song. What is this song about, anyway? Creep, I'm a weirdo. With, I mean, is this all about anti-establishment, nonconformist? Uh, I mean, is there like... Cause, I, I don't know if it's any, about anything other than... I mean, the surface read is rejected by a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and it's all my fault. Right. I, I don't actually know if there's a deeper meaning to it. I know the song very well, but I know the song. I don't know the the deep hidden undercurrents of the song and the social construct of the song. You know, the seedy underbelly. I could just sing it accurately from beginning to end without trying very hard. I feel like it's just one of those... It, I think I feel like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a museum piece at this point, you know? You well, hear it on, like... It's a weird point. It's right at the beginning of where Radiohead started to show they had some artsy chops, too. Sure, sure. Where Tom York started to come out as, oh, no, he's the grunge poet. Ooh. And he's British, so he's got an accent. <laughs> That's foxy. Mm-hmm. And it's, the name Tom has an H in it. Oh, he's a Ooh. Thom, not a Tom. <laughs> yeah. The H is for... Oh, <sighs> uh, yeah. Good choice, though, friend. Well, thank you. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that it kind of synced up. And, you know, the... Steven Universe, in and of itself, it, the first season was a little bit uh, much slower. It's just like, you know, kind of standalone episodes. Sure, sure. Character building stuff. And it was like, oh, that's okay. Uh, but, like, the next couple seasons have, like, you know, dealing with more mythology and everything. And you feel as if parts of it do get a little creepy and unsettling and a little bit unnerving. And sort of, like, on the level that creep is. Like, in terms of it's, like... Just kind of skin crawly in places right. mm-hmm. with the themes that they're dealing with, and it's not like it's not like incredibly overt 
or anything, but it's there. You can, you can, if you're looking hard enough, if you have like the mental capacity to kind of like, recognize. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, we were talking earlier about cartoons in right, terms right. of like you know stuff, stuff like this might just glance right over you uh, as a as a youngster, but like as an adult looking at it, you're like, oh, this is this is this is saying something about. Well, what's interesting is like, and I and the fucking shitty music dramaturg. So, you know, in between, we mentioned Nirvana and all those videos. Like, mm-hmm. between that time, there were a lot of, of songs that were being released uh, that were called Grunge or the Seattle Sound, right? And they were, a lot of them were shot and filtered, but they dealt with alienation. They dealt with, uh, you know, like, you think about... Uh, Crash, was it Crash Test Dummies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Crash Test Dummies. Uh, Shirley Temple. Former physics professor, that guy. Shirley Temple Pirates. Stone Temple Pirates. Uh, and I feel... You know, that one mm-hmm. was, you know, when the dogs begin to smell her and all that other shit. Yeah. You know, like, like... Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam singing, mm-hmm. yeah, about Jeremy. And it's like, whoa, whoa. And, mm-hmm. yeah. It, I mean, that was like a time where people were singing stuff about alienation and, like... Yeah, you know, kids were in the room like, "Leave me alone, mom! Shut the door!" Right? So yeah, and the the look of the bands was very like these are just the clothes we happen to be wearing today. Right. This is not '80s hair metal. Right. This is not Kiss where we had to spend three hours prepping this. The, this is just the, a shirt I happen to have. Yep. We're not wearing you know matching tennis shoes. We don't have like leather leather tiger stripe pants and like eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was like it was a re- rebirth of the sound. And the interesting thing is that. Again, the the juxtaposition between that, which was becoming popular in mainstream music, which was considered alternative for a while, and alternative prior to that was you know punk, and you know like, and and on the other side you had R and B, hip hop, which was also starting to find its own legs, you know musically because you had like, uh, the Motown Philly groups were coming out and they were like getting a fuck ton of play, you know like Boys mm-hmm. Man, ABC, BBD, and all that shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So all you know, but then you had like the disenfranchised. Uh, the heroin users coming up in the middle because I don't know. Uh, let me see. Kurt Cobain might have had a needle. Uh, uh, Scott uh, Scott Weiland, the lead singer of Stone Temple Pirates. Uh, don't look at me because I'm sitting here thinking you could be talking out your ass, and I have no idea if you uh, could even verify. Has had ass. a little dingly dangly coming out of his his brachial mm-hmm. artery once or twice. So I don't know. I mean, this. I think that it's interesting that. In terms of subtext, uh, a children's cartoon, a cartoon, an art form that for a long time was always relegated to kids sitting cross-legged in front of their televisions, uh, found a, a very interesting, like, I mean, it's like, if you think... Well, about- I think I think that medium traded on it for a long time. Sure. In terms of it getting it past censors and not... Mm-hmm. Because I think, so our consideration, uh, is, and I think it's still with us to a certain extent, is that cartoons are for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Disney traded on that for years. Creators, I think, went to a certain extent putting in their more adult-oriented themes, right. jokes, etc., and got it past censors, because censors were like, oh, this is just for kids. It's fine. It's just brightly colored. No one's going to think twice about this. Kids are dumb. Crack.com has been, I think, has put out a couple already This just this year. Um, a, shit that got past the censors on both Cartoon Network and Nicktoons. Like, mm-hmm. pointing out things like, do you ever notice that this character on Spongebob is, like, spends an entire episode wildly suicidal? You know? And they're just like, no, that kind of looks like it has bandages on its little starfish wrists. And you're going, whoa! 
Um, or, you know, when they get, like, the little FUs to the sensors that they get in there. Mm-hmm. One of them that got pulled, like, Phineas and Ferb or some shit. Because, like, a door slams open, but right before it slams open, there's a picture on the backside with a woman, a butt-naked woman with her arms over her head, you know? And somebody caught that. Somebody who's really into seeing momentary cartoon nipple. And who isn't? Well, in our this day and age, too, it's like you can just stop it on any moment right. that you want. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just pass by. Do a quick screen capture. Yeah. Back in my day, we had to hit pause and then mess around with the tracking just to get a good shot. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think it's a naked, but the, the... Is that a nipple? I think it's... No, it's the a squiggle. Catching Does the that really right say over... sex or is it SFX? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a penis in the castle. But that was on the cover, right? Uh, it was a poster. It was a poster? I believe it was on the cover of the VHS for a while, though. Possibly. When they originally put it out before Possibly. someone caught it. Uh, yeah, uh. yeah. So, we... Next next time, actually, we are... I think our live episode is yeah. what's yeah. next. Yeah, That'll be at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota on the 28th and 29th. The Noise Picnic Podcast Festival will be happening. We have our episode itself on the 28th. We're at the mm-hmm. 10 p.m. spot. We are the... Curly's dance. We are the yes. late night because we sometimes use the swears... Yeah. <laughs> I think all the shows use this. Right, but right. But not, we, we'll have to use extra swears. We'll have to make some up. For the 10 o'clock hour, you get 20% more swears. Yes. <laughs> or your money. <laughs> That's a non-refundable fee, friend. You'll get at least 25% more square, swears in every box. Plus so, a swear toy at the bottom. I can't remember who's uh, in that lineup. I'm sorry, I don't have that information in front Probably of me. Probably other noise picnic podcasts. Other noise picnic podcasts. Uh, we are negotiating what we're doing at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. but the current plan is to do a couple Minneapolis-based short films. Yep. Mm-hmm. Things that we will show at the beginning of our show and then talk about during the rest of it so the audience knows what the hell we're talking about. Instead of making you show up having to do a bunch right, of homework. Yeah. So, I assume everyone here has watched Seventh Samurai <laughs> recently. And multiple times. Yes, there will be a short questionnaire. <laughs> but, I mean, this should really make you guys want to show up and watch us and support uh, podcasting and actually see how... Mikey is wildly gesticulating and giving middle fingers right. that only his his co his co speakers can see. So this is yeah. actually a fun opportunity. Please Mikey is up. the most lively of us. Yeah. Yes, and you can see which uh, member of Kiss Brian dresses as for every podcast. You can also see the moments when we have to break smelling salts under Josh Humphrey's nose to wake him up when he's passed out after cramming all night the night before yeah. for lawyer finals. Yeah. I'll oh be... yeah, I'll be I'll be in the middle of school actually when we're doing that oh, festival. Oh, fun. Yeah, it'll be so, like a weekend. Judge how well his semester is going by how frazzled his mustache looks. <laughs> it'll be Monterey Jack style, which just puffed up the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, cartoon references. This is Kit Carson Humphrey right here. <laughs> That's our episode, kids. That's it, guys. We'll see you later. Take care. Love you. Double Bill, Double Bill. Comparing culture, it's Double Bill. Putting two things together, it's Double Bill. It's Double Bill.